0: Welcome to Jeff's World with Jeff Stein, the show where social, political, economic, spiritual and philosophical discourse goes to live. Because in Jeff's World, we never give up the high moral ground, take no political divisioners and fight until the bitterness ends. And now, here's your host, recovering hope addict and paid volunteer in the American experiment, Jeff Stein. What about ism?
1: What about ism? That is everywhere right now. We're going to talk about that. What about ism is is the the classic pivot from, uh, you know, my guy is terrible. But what about your guy? And you can always that always ramps up when things get particularly bad for a situation. Uh, So, and it is getting worse and worse every day. It's all they got is whataboutism. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Farriston.
2: Hello. Juan
1: Velasquez put the show together. Executive Brian also putting it in the backsides of this, the backstage area. Um, uh, The whataboutism, I'm going to get that because obviously it's coming out with Harvey Weinstein and all this stuff as well as uh, our uh, narcissist in chief. We'll talk about how or when do we separate a person's accolades from their monstrosities. All right. Uh, we'll talk about the Republican Civil War. It's going in a new direction, as well as some polling on the NFL racial justice kneeling and where it's going now. It is a new the commissioner of NFL has weighed in on it. And that made everyone go all kinds of different directions. So we'll take America's temperature on that issue. How the rest of the world sees our gun violence problem <laughs> and the humanitarian crisis that continues in Puerto Rico. I. Um, uh, if you're not in California, you don't know that how uh, we're kind of on fire uh, down here, up here, everywhere.
2: Literally, it's,
1: yeah, you know. And if you don't, just give you a little background for those out of the, out of the state because it, this is actually an anomaly for us too. <laughs> you know, down in Southern California, we have wildfires all the time. You know, there's, there's, you've heard me say the joke. There's we don't have weather here. We have four seasons, which is wildfires, mudslides, uh, ward season, and car crash, or car chase season. Uh, But up in Northern California, they don't usually have this kind of crazy wildfires. But just so you know, the whole Napa area and that wine country, as most people know it as, there's there's several factors. The first one is that uh, we had a very wet year finally last year, which made things grow like crazy. There's more fuel for the wildfires. Then we had five months of historically, historically hot dry weather because the rain kind of stopped up in Northern California about May. Mm -hmm. And then after that, remember when San Francisco had its highest temperature ever, 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 Mm -hmm. not just the highest temperature on that day in history, but ever. Well, four other cities in that Northern California had the same thing. The highest temperatures they've ever experienced ever which dried everything out. And then you combined it with uh, the Diablos down here. We have the Santa Ana winds. They have the Diablos up there. And it's the winds that come over the mountains from the desert, so they're hot wind. But the other factor is it's coming over from the basin, the Great Basin on the other side, which is Utah and and, uh, and Nevada and all that. And that is all higher up. It's it's all 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 feet. So the air is hot and already at a higher elevation, which then it goes over the hill. And when it comes over to the Bay Area side, it goes down a lot of elevation, obviously almost to sea level, which heats it up. And compresses it and causes it to get hotter and drier and faster. And so we have these 50 plus mile per hour gusts that are blowing through. And that's why once these fires started, it just—it was all the fire departments could do to just remove people. I've been watching it as footage. It's kind of hard to watch. A lot of people, and I understand they avoid it. And I get why you avoid it because it's tough to watch. Um, and I have, my, I have relatives up there. Most of us have friends or relatives, my aunt and great aunt. Uh, and then my uncle, they, their houses completely gone. My aunt, who was in a assisted living facility, literally grabbed some, a pair of underwear and her purse and got out. It was Mm -hmm. that fast. Uh, and that is entirely gone. Um, and it's, 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 it's interesting to see these reactions because unfortunately, unfortunately, the media can't cover it very deeply. And, and I get a little frustrated, you know. You just get this quick. Well, I
2: think that the media. Is, I agree. I, I don't think that they can't cover it very deeply. I, I read a Washington Post article, that had some, you know, uh, factual coverage of it. Many of the points that you brought up, you know, this, 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 and that. But you will notice on mainstream media. Uh, they do not use the words or the phrases climate change or global warming. <laughs> yeah. And that intentional omission of part of the equation starts to n- normalize right. these, um, you know, while while California has had fires in past, it's not in these areas and they're not as big and disastrous yeah. and when you refuse to talk about the link between climate change in fact i was listening to um park williams a bioclimatologist from at columbia university and um He was saying he wrote a 2016 report showing that global warming is responsible for nearly half of the forest area burned in the western United States over the past three decades. And that half is about the size of Massachusetts and Connecticut combined. And, you know, the facts as you put greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, the globe warms, whether the planet is called Earth or some other. Name and it's just the law of physics. Yeah, and there are things that we can do to address yeah. climate change and global warming. But if we don't talk about it, don't address it.
1: Yeah, and in the defense of the is media, going which are, to
2: happen more and more and more and more.
1: Right. Uh, I give a small defense only because we, the short attention span that we have because the, the 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 reporting has to be so fast and so quick. I watch these. They, they'll put somebody on who just lost their home, and you'll get this two-and-a-half-second clip of them going, I've lost everything, and then that's it. It's like you you can't even feel the emotional weight of that, let alone have the coverage to come in and say, by the way, uh, there's a bigger problem called climate change that we well, need to Well, I think we're on. talking about
2: two separate you know? things. You're talking yeah. about a very quick news clip, yeah, which would not be appropriate to have that. I'm t- Go read the Washington Post article. Go read all yeah. the mainstream yeah. articles. Yeah. Plenty of room to... Uh, You know, add these things, the weather channel, you'll see them flash up, you know, dangerous floods and extreme weather, but no mention of climate change or global warming. And there is a link, which we can talk more about that between global warming and these fires that are happening here and, you know, in Western United States
1: it's uh it's painfully obvious to those who are willing to look at it that's for sure and uh you know again it's going to be tough for these folks that have lost i've never seen so many neighborhoods and houses lost that fast it's just unimaginable and uh it's tragic uh, it's super tragic uh but when we come back we talk want to talk about that i we'll talk about also the way that that's just kind of accepted uh <laughs> as well as how we're involving in the nfl stunts and harvey weinstein and these folks when we return to jeff's world This is Jeff's world, the purple state of mind, and the amber airwaves of uh, grade. <laughs> I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Ferriston, uh, Juan Velasquez put the show together. Jeff Hendricks still out, uh, healing, doing the, the uh, cancer healing thing, so uh, we're always wishing him well. More than thoughts and prayers, I'm gonna try to go visit him here this week and have some lunch with the boy. See how he's doing. See if he'll eat something. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna say, how do I, how do I explain uh, Harvey? Weinstein, maybe I should just let Stephen Colbert. I want to warn you. I
0: just want to warn all of our viewers at home. Some of the details of what Weinstein did are pretty terrible. For example, he apparently required some female employees to be present while he bathed, which, yes, I know, which explains the job listing must type 90 words per minute and enjoy vomiting. But that is nothing compared to this next one. A local reporter in New York said Weinstein forced her to watch him masturbate into a potted plant. (laughs) Pro tip, if you ever have dinner at Harvey Weinstein's (laughs) house, avoid the fresh basil. And, and, there's more. There's more. And after the salad's been served, when he comes around the table, that's not a pepper grinder he's holding. Get out of there. Now, This is monstrous behavior that in a just world would not have been allowed to go on for decades. It is indefensible. Weinstein immediately defended it, saying, (laughs) I came of age in the 60s and the 70s when all the rules about behavior and workplaces were different and Weinstein's lawyers called him an old dinosaur learning new ways. Okay. A, that's no excuse. B, dinosaurs did not touch themselves in front of the employees. (laughs) The T Rex's arms were way too short. There's <laughs> uh, no and... always room for a T Rex joke. <laughs> All right. Now, coincidentally, this weekend was the one year anniversary of the Trump Billy Bush Access Hollywood grabbing by the, you know, tape. And Trump was asked about Weinstein and said this I've known uh, Harvey Weinstein for a long time. I'm not at all surprised to see it. Well, he says they were inappropriate. That's locker room. That's locker room. Mr. President, saying locker room does not excuse it. That's like Harvey Weinstein saying, masturbated in potted plants? That's just greenhouse talk. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Colbert, that's very nice. Um, So, man, I...
1: (laughs) Thank God you're a woman because I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions <laughs> okay. now, Erica. Because it's just you're just going to have to be on the spot and kind of play, uh, you know, for your gender. A this little is bit. a
2: lot of pressure that I I'm know. representing an entire gender,
1: right? Um, you know, but you you, you obviously uh, hang around with your gender, so you could speak for them in different ways. Like first of all, I have to have the '60s '70s thing. Like, this happened in the 60s, 70s, so, you know, it was okay. That
2: was not happening in the 60s and 70s. I mean, maybe there was, like, a little slap on the butt or something, but Masturbating in potted plants? (laughs) Sorry! I don't know. Like, I mean, I watched Mad Men, and that never (laughs) happened in not one episode.
1: And that was about as sexist as the show gets. Yeah. Genderist, whatever. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and then then let me ask you about this one too because now we're realizing that this was just the worst kept secret ever, right? Apparently everybody knew everyone Harvey, knew. I, and I, yet nobody knew.
2: <laughs> no, everyone. I so mom friends from preschool. My kids are now in elementary school, but uh-huh. we started a um, a a a poker club. So we would meet once a month and we would play Texas Hold'em. Not for money, of course. No, of course that not. That would yeah, not be appropriate. <laughs> um but anyway, <laughs> one of one of one of our friends, she was an actress and she told me stories. I mean, this is yeah. years ago about our encounters with her and Harvey. So I mean this kind of talk was happening at mom's Poker Night Out. Right. <laughs> you know? So it, everyone knew.
1: Right? And it's funny because now we're digging it up. We're looking for the history. And this is the great thing. This is one of the great things about our era. I think I more people,
2: to... like, I think when with the Bill Cosby thing happened, I mean, I think more people knew about Harvey Weinstein than, than the Bill Cosby. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, because what was Bill Cosby end up the count got to like fifty or something, and it is with there now with uh, with Harvey. But here's Let me play a little clip. Uh, Seth MacFarlane doing the Oscar nominations. This has been going around because he. This is back in 2012. So.
3: The 2012 nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are Sally Field in Lincoln, Anne Hathaway in Les Misérables. Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook, Helen Hunt in The Sessions, and Amy Adams in The Master. Here it comes. Congratulations you 5 ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein.
4: <laughs>
1: Boom!
3: 2012. Exactly.
1: And, and and listen to how long the laughter goes. They're still laughing. There's there, there was a long uncomfortable <laughs> right, Harvey. <laughs> I think for the
2: people who weren't like in the know, but he sure. had that reputation. Yeah. Of, you know, kind of being a lech, but not I I mean so like kind of that reputation was huge, but I don't know, you know, on that scale how many people knew like how exactly what he was doing. Yeah, unless
1: you were in the room. Right. Right. So let's talk about the whataboutism on that. uh, because the first one that comes out is of course the, 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 the right the Trump supporters. Who rushed to the defense immediately started saying attacking anybody who associated themselves with Harvey Weinstein. You know, saying, "Well, see, you let your sexual predator live amongst you, totally cool." They didn't say it that articulately, and I mean, does that even fly? No, right? I mean, it's
2: like, I mean, it's interesting because until you started, you know, this show today, because I didn't know that we were talking about what aboutism, and as know. soon as you said it on this show, and. And you talked about Harvey Weinstein and in my head I'm thinking I don't I don't get it. Like I I, I, I just don't get the whataboutism in this case. You know, right. I I mean rape is just wrong. Just it's just, right. it's just you, you shouldn't rape people.
1: <laughs> you shouldn't ra- there's I the theme mean, of the show today. You shouldn't rape people. And exactly. And and so that's why I'm saying that so they n- tried to do a whataboutism because they know their guy. Is as bad or worse. This is the point that Donald Trump is as bad or worse than Harvey Weinstein, clearly. And so the all then all you have is what aboutism. Well, we got to make it seem like they were they had their not really. Like everybody we has, should
2: just hold people accountable yes, for their actions.
1: So to that end, because of course that was the first you know attack was well you guys aren't doing about Harvey. Oh yes, oh yes they are. Uh, here's the and it's funny because the fact that Trump is not funny. The fact that Trump is the president, it's making. The pressure on and the and the disgust on Harvey Weinstein a hundred times stronger. I think, I think there's so many people who watch what happened to Trump, and and guy got away with it. Right. That now they're going double hard. Not that he doesn't deserve it. He does. Right. But they're really coming down on him, and uh, he's now in Europe. If you didn't know, at a sex rehab place, which I assume he's in a country where he can't be extradited. Right. Uh, you know what I mean. Because I would not be surprised it's if It's convenient if that hides. that
2: country has a sex I mean, rehab. I, right? I
1: don't know if it is or isn't, and I don't know what their extradition laws are. But that's are. a
2: good, you should be his it's uh, a PR agent.
1: Right? And speaking of his PR agent, here's the icky, icky, icky part. In addition to, obviously, you know, if you're a woman, you know how icky men can be in their behaviors. But he had a massive machine of lawyers and PR people who would just bury women that he assaulted with uh, illegal allegations, smear campaigns, uh, assaults of lawsuits, uh, threats of lawsuits. They just would, and he would send this team out after them, basically. So
2: let's take that down to a smaller level. Yeah. So these people were paid yeah. to enable yes. someone to to molest, rape, harm, In this case, women. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, on the one hand, you can look at them and say, well, that's terrible that you would take that job. Yeah. But you can see on their end the rationalization, well, I just work for the law firm and this is the case that's been handing me. I just work for the PR firm and this is the case and I'm just doing my job. And to me, this is exactly the insanity of capitalism.
3: Wow, because yeah.
2: profit is the almighty god in this free market
1: right
2: obsessed worshiping country and that's a perfect example of the you know the ills of capitalism you know what these people are making a profit so it's okay because the free market is demanding this price for these lawyers and these pr agents and then that person takes it well i have to work i have to pay for my kids food and right so everybody rationalizes because capitalism makes the case
1: you could literally argue with this i love where you're going with this that you could literally argue that the more immoral the behavior that is being defended the more it costs Right.
2: Well, that's true. Which, which yeah. says that okay. So
1: then, and there's that capitalism. Well, if you wanna uh, instead of instead of it being the other way, which would have been the more you pay for a lawyer, the more moral they are, the more upstanding. No, it's the more you pay for a lawyer, the more they're willing to table those.
2: But right morals. now, you have you have scientists. And, and scientific information being suppressed on a massive scale yeah. in mainstream media when it comes to climate change and global warming. And the reason why is is because CNN and The Washington Post and all of them, their big advertisers are the fuel industry. And they don't want that reported in the news, and so it's not. And so where you'll see some facts, you're seeing huge omissions when it comes to these things. Again, why is that? Because of capitalism and profit, the almighty U.S gold calf.
1: So basically Erica is teasing I think our next show which will be uh, to really just dive into the money part of it because that's obviously the, the the source of a lot of these things. And it's not the money itself of course it's our obsession with it. It's our obsession that money and influence are the measure of human worth.
2: Well I was going to say in what you talk about yeah. people measuring their worth and it's not just people it's it's our whole society. And- so this
1: is why Harvey Weinstein can lure you know young suspecting starlets up because no no, there's no other person would just go up to some guy's room and say sure let's Me, you know, talk to me and trap me, unless they had a massive incentive. In this case, it was money and fame, was money and influence. I
2: think one of the victims came forward and and she continued to work with him, and you know, she said it was her job, and she didn't couldn't lose her job. And yeah, it's it's really
1: it's a hard one for the for the. And this is the pivot I wanted to go to. But again,
2: look at all the people that enabled Harvey Weinstein to get away with this. Yeah,
1: this is. And that's where we want to pivot to. That is, is the people that are involved in it, because we have pretty much declared now that Harvey Weinstein's done. Uh, he will not be uh, welcome in any of the clubs that he previously found himself so belonging in. Uh, you know, they won't be doing. He won't be doing fundraisers for politicians anymore, which he loved doing. He won't be, you know, working parties for the sole purpose of hanging around young, beautiful chicks. Uh, and he—that that is no, over. No, he won't. And he will be treated that way. So if you're doing the what aboutism, Trump got away with it. Harvey White, he would got away with it temporarily. President. He became president. <laughs> this one lost the company of his own name. See the foreshadowing there. Donald Trump will lose the company of his own day, name someday. I don't know how or when, uh, but it will happen because this behavior comes around, period.
2: I. I you know, I tend to agree with that. That in the end, the truth does prevail, yep. and you know, maybe that's naive, but it's what I, what I need to believe. You've got you know? history to
1: believe it, though. You've got history to you prove do. it. You do. You do. I mean, obviously, there are these moments where things get slip by and somebody gets it, but no, you know, uh, Hitler isn't running Germany today. <laughs> no. I mean, that's obviously an extreme case, but it doesn't last. It never lasts. And here's an example why. But it is what's amazing about the Harvey Weinstein story is how long it lasted. And how long it was ignored uh, amongst people that you may not have expected to. And it's interesting too to see how the answer me this one, riddle me this one. You know, is the women come out. Do you feel the difference between when a actress, whatever, writer? There's a lot of different writers and actresses and stuff who who was kind of unknown, I hate those terms, Right. uh, versus when Angelina Jolie and Gwyneth Paltrow comes out and says this. I
2: think because of the society we live in, regardless of the topic, for example, the country singer who, you know, was pro the
1: like cody keeter yeah, yes whatever, yeah.
2: when he came out and said we have to have come common sense gun laws as opposed to juan over here yeah it no does disrespect Juan. no juan disrespect <laughs> i know you're an aspiring country singer <laughs> and you're a bit of an unknown but uh it, do- it does make a difference because it lends it a, cr- a type of credibility because of the way society is is set up. Also, you know, when you look at an Angelina Jolie or Gwyneth Paltrow, they they have everything. They have money, they have fame. So there's no reason for them to say.
4: That's
1: what I was uh, headed towards. Right. Yeah. To
2: even get involved in any of this, except they are standing in in camaraderie with their fellow women.
1: Right. When we come back, more of that and folks like Ben Affleck and what they did when they responded to Harvey Weinstein when we return to Jeff's World.
3: Right what do yeah. we have to do here nothing i'm gonna take a shower you sit there and have a drink water I don't
5: drink can i stay water.
3: on the bar no you must come here now no
1: so you're listening to the uh i'll kind of have it playing in the background here the audio oh, yeah. of oh, harvey dog. weinstein uh you know on oh, tape, that's that's a tape assaulting a lady no, who uh, uh, he had uh, you know picked out of the herd so to speak think you know and he Please, was uh, I swear I
3: won't just sit with me don't embarrass me in the hotel I'm don't embarrass me. I sit know, with me but I honest.
2: don't want
1: to I mean look at that narcissism Well he too.
2: wants her to sit with to just to make it clear he wants her to sit with him while he masturbates yeah. that's what's happening in yeah. this clip
1: and uh, and so and that and just, and, a, and, a, and, a, and if you haven't been following this a bit of setup she did the right thing um, she went to the NYPD after she was first assaulted when he grabbed her boob and all this stuff and said, this happened. And they went, okay, we're going to help you out. We're going to get you a wire. We're going to send you back in. She, they went back in. And she got the wire. She got the tape. And then Harvey Weinstein's powerful army of lawyers and PR people uh, made the NYPD say, I don't know how we're going to get this one through. And they just wimped out. They decided that it just wasn't going to be a case. They wouldn't have a case. They yeah. wouldn't have a strong enough case because he would be able to bury the actress, bury the everything. And... Uh, now, interestingly enough, since then, some of the NYPD officers involved, the detectives have said, you know, this was literally one of the hardest moments in their career. It was a couple of them, one of them in particular said that, said that to not prosecute this case absolutely burned us up. It's like, and they once said something like, it's like letting a child molester go or whatever. You just wanted it and you couldn't, and they're just for whatever reason. I don't know in particular, obviously there's a long story there too, but she did the right thing. And this is why there's this great Twitter feed I watched where they're going, where these genderists are going back and forth with these ladies, and they're, they're talking about how nobody believes us. They say, "Why don't you report it?" They say, "Because nobody believes us." And then this, and they say, "Well," and then the, the, the male responded saying, "Yeah, I don't believe you on that either. Right. I don't believe you that they wouldn't believe you." It's like, no, you just don't get it at all. They don't believe you. And I loved your point too with the the, the celebrities. Because it does make a difference.
2: It does, and particularly in this field of entertainment, with there's so many young women wanting to make it in this field, and for some reason, that in itself, in our society, takes away their credibility because they're just like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're just a bitter, failed actress. You're just angry because you know you yeah. didn't get the part, or yeah. you did this to get the part, so. You should shut up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like either way.
1: And you have to wait until there's an Angelina Jolie or a Gwyneth Paltrow before you go, oh, I guess he really was a slime. He wasn't just, you know, it wasn't these exploitive actresses. No, it wasn't exploitive actress. None of them were. Right. Maybe one out of a hundred of the women he assaulted had an exploited bone. And then, and maybe went along with it longer. Like you said, some people go along with it. So the going along with it part, right? What do you feel like you would do if you were in the office and this was this was the boss boss guy and he was as powerful as Harvey Weinstein and you were observing this kind of behavior i mean I, we all like to think that we would you know speak up
2: yeah we all like to think that that we would speak up and do the right thing and and i hope that i'm raising two boys who would speak up and do the right thing and you're raising a son that that we hope would do that yeah. and i think those those you know i think i've never I've never been in any kind of situation like that. Wow. I, I've never, um, I've never been in a situation where I've observed something like that and was in a position to report it. And I've never, I've never had anything like that happen to me. So I you're I, an anomaly. I know. I'm. I'm. You're very fortunate. I am very fortunate. Wow. And um, so Easy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have. Uh, it's it's hard to pass judgment right? on those that are in and around. It's easy to pass judgment, and it's hard when you start to get really thoughtful about I don't know. Right?
1: And it gets that thing I opened with, you know, where how can you separate the accolades from the monstrosities? You know, this other thing of—because everybody's a mixed bag, right? Everybody's got their Not this balls. mixed. Nope. Nope. These are when it gets clear. Harvey Weinstein's making it real clear for us. I thought it was clear when Donald Trump did it, but apparently not to a, a proportion of uh, folks— <laughs> you in know this country.
2: i mean to when i listen to that tape of him with that young woman i mean I, you know people are sick and they are ill yeah. and I, to me that sounds that's doesn't sound normal to me. Not even remotely I, I, normal. And how so do you even get
1: off on that? How does that even hot to you?
3: Right?
2: Because don't most of you guys like to do that in private? I mean, well, in addition like, to the oh, do come in here. Hold on, I'm just. Uh, hold on a second, I'm just yeah. cleaning the sure, right, right. yeah, honey. I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, generally speaking, it's a, a, we're more likely to be embarrassed by it than uh, than like, hey, come here, watch. This is really hot to me. <laughs> but you know, I don't. I try to judge people on their sexual peccadilloes. It's all. It's mostly, mostly, of course, about consent. Two
2: consenting <laughs> right? adults. Right? Yeah. Right? I, but, so
1: holy crap! How, how can you not only not want consent? This is what's beyond me with guys. What is hot about a woman who doesn't want? to be doing it
2: well i, I think don't even that's get the, that the so, power that's and control aspect okay because they say sure. rape is about power right and it's not about sex
1: sex is just a great fulcrum of power right? right yeah yeah that it's a way to to really get power over someone because sexuality is such a deeply personal thing
2: but i think in the end you know we have to look at ourselves you know whatever positions we have or wherever we are and we have to look at you know what is the right thing to do? And and if, you know, receiving consequences to uh, support or save another human being, then I think we have to stand up and accept those consequences and yeah. do the right thing to, to help a fellow human being that's, you know, being victimized. Yeah.
1: So it's fairly clear that... You know, once you identify a Harvey Weinstein, we all like to think we're smart enough and decent enough to do something about it. So let's talk about the fringe people a little bit. The Ben Afflecks, right? Because okay. right now he's getting a lot of attention uh, because he and Matt Damon, obviously, go to Will Hunting. That's one of the reasons why they're famous uh, cause that, because of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And he, they've been around him. And, you know, I know as a guy, the way that guys act around other guys is different. I, I know I've had a couple people I knew that turned out to be pretty sexual predatory and i was surprised i have been surprised before that they were kind of you know off color around the guys but i didn't was surprised to the extent of 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 how aggressive or how mean they would get and it just didn't seem like there was their character so i can have some room they might not have known i don't know um it's hard to imagine but what i'm wondering about Mm. is the pressure that we as society are putting on them now because it seems to be this thing here, where okay, Harvey Weinstein's a monster. Now let's go find everyone who was associated with him, find out how guilty they were, and see what we need to feel about that. And I, I don't know if that's a hunt worth hunting, goodwill hunting or not. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm I'm really curious about that because uh, again, it's pivoted to Ben Affleck. Did, did you hear about his? First of all, to, to give a context, in uh, two about 2000, he was uh, he on camera tweaked Hillary Burton's boobs. Uh, she's a T. At the time, she was a TRL VJ, and uh, she tweaked her boobs, uh, <laughs> and un unwarrantedly, un- uh, or unwantedly
2: who did Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck did, uh-huh.
1: and so as this came out, everybody said, "Well, wait a second. Uh, how can you be a defender of Harvey Weinstein and be so shocked and be whatever? It sounds like you were kind of part of this boys' club." And and that is where I'm not really sure exactly where to condemn and where to let go. I'll, I'll play a little clip of it if you want, to, so you can hear this. This is from 2000. You're
0: always like, I'm just free spirited. Oh. <laughs> it's so nice to see you. And
5: he wraps his arm around me and comes over and tweaks my
3: left boob. Nice to right. see you. I
5: don't
3: know what happened, but Hillary also was like, Ooh, I'm just like, What are you doing? And there was a little. Please? I don't know. We played the tape over a couple times. Yeah, he pulled that move.
5: That's for a sure. move yeah. <laughs> Some girls like good tweakage here and there. Um,
2: I'd rather have a high five.
1: So they literally made a little funny segment out of it uh, uh, about how, oh my God, he tweaked my boob and that's just, that seems wrong. I think I'd rather have a high five. But it also shows that even in 2000 it was like, okay, so we were still not sure what the definition of like, sexual assault was clearly because then the producers saw them, saw it fit to go ahead and kind of make a funny moment out of it. Oh, there's Ben Affleck. He reached around when he was hugging me from behind and tweaked my boob. Right. And so is, is that sexual assault? I suppose it depends.
2: I Yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean, I'm putting Erica on the spot with having to make it. <laughs> I
2: tell my boys that you cannot kiss, I, first I say you can't touch another human being unless you have their permission. Right. And with women, you can't kiss them or touch them unless you have their permission. Yeah. But the music is on. We're going out on a break.
1: (laughs) When we come back, we'll follow up with Ben Affleck and these folks and see where we're supposed to go with that and then get to the NFL, much less controversial, when we return to this thing called Jeff's World.
6: (laughs) This is Jeff's World,
1: where social, political, popular, and unpopular culture are seen through the eyes of possibility and purpose. With me, Jeff Stein, and Erica Farriston. Hello. Hello. There's Fast and who's on the spot to having to uh, be like the spokeswoman for all women. So I apologize. But, I
2: am so not. Right? It's, uh, it's just me.
1: I'm just impressed that you haven't been uh, such a victim to this. It seems like everybody else I know is like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And you just kind of beat it off. And <laughs> sorry no pun intended. Well, and, uh, uh, but poor Hillary Burton, who, uh, as she says at the time, you know, that there was a whole follow-up on this because, uh, oh, yes, I do. Sorry, my computer's talking to me. Um, that you know Ben Affleck right so he so he gets into this thing and here's his statement after Harvey Weinstein. Right, I am saddened and angry that a man who I worked with used his position of power to intimidate, sexually harass, and manipulate many women over decades. The additional allegations of assault that I read this morning made me sick. This is completely unacceptable, and I find myself asking what I can do to make sure this doesn't happen to others. We need to do better at protecting our sisters, friends, co-workers, and daughters. We must support those who come forward, condemn this type of behavior when we see it, and help ensure there are more women in positions of power." I mean, it's a great statement.
2: It is. It's a perfect statement. And and I applaud him yeah. because it's it's a it's a strong statement that condemns the actions and then moves toward doing some positive things to support women. Yeah. And and you know the fact that I guess several years ago when he was on a radio show and he he and the female dj are fooling around and he tweaks her boobs to me that does not take away from the fact that he's most likely feels the way he does when he makes the statement yeah and and you know goes out there and takes a stand he's not staying quiet right he's out there condemning yeah. this and i don't know we were talking off the air you know is that sexual assault what Ben Affleck did yeah i mean you know you can't touch another person's private areas without their permission. But I think it's about context as well. Right. So what we were saying is, you know, while that, that was wrong and he shouldn't have done it, it's different when you're with, you know, whatever, a movie star or a friend and they do that than when you are like when your boss does it. Bingo. When a person who has power over
6: you yeah.
2: tweaks your boob, Yeah. Now, you know, now you're really, like, in a victim role because this person has power over you.
1: Yeah. Now, this thing with Ben got interesting. And just
2: so we're clear, I'm not condoning the boob tweaking that Ben Affleck did. But I'm just, you know... Just kind of putting a difference between Harvey Weinstein and what he's done and that incident.
1: I mean, that's what our judicial system does, is to determine context and intent and all these things. And I think you perfectly designed that there's a big difference in intent and context. And the context of being in a position of power is everything.
2: I mean, I, I obviously don't know. But if that DJ said to him, whoa, buddy, you crossed a line. My guess is if he was sober, because who knows? Right, but there was a time. Not that there's any excuse, but right. my guess is he probably would have been apologetic. And
1: Extremely, yeah. Me too, I think.
2: Hopefully not have done that again. And
1: there's a difference, too, because obviously anytime you have a relation between a, a people that are, have a, a potential sexual interest or whatever, and then there's the, those steps towards as Again, advances, still wrong.
2: Don't tweak anybody's boobs right. ever, any, ever.
1: <laughs> but as the, even if you're dating. Unless you, know, you have their permission. Right. And uh, and then it's and they love it. Uh, So, which is fine, I guess. Whatever. Again, I judge nothing. Uh, But yes, it's the question of permission. It's the question of uh, listening when you're told that the permission is not allowed. Listening is the major part. I think a lot of women would agree with that. It's like when we say no. You know, it's the oldest thing, but yet it has to come up again. So after Ben's statement. Uh, act Rose McGowan the actress of course who was she reached a settlement with Harvey Weinstein in 1997 with an episode in a hotel room and i'm sure the settlement included her being quiet about it she uh, responded to responded to his tweet that i just read you by simply saying ben affleck fuck off
2: ah uh, well uh, okay maybe there's more to the story there and
1: then uh, she also insinuated that affleck knew about Weinstein's behavior toward women when she tweeted later when she said uh, she quoted Ben and, and tweeted to Ben with his quote where he said, uh, God, mm, God damn it, I told him to stop doing that. That's what apparently Ben Affleck said to to, to Harvey Weinstein. Uh, so that was like his excuse. I told him to stop doing uh, that. And then she wrote, I, God damn, I told him to stop doing that. You said that to my face. The press conference I made was to go after assault. You lie.
2: Okay, well, there you go. Assault. More so, context, so... Not not good.
1: And then they followed it with saying, hey, Ben, if you're so good, why don't you go after Casey? Because, you know, Casey Affleck has uh, some bad controversies. You can Google that for yourself. Uh, In fact, that's one of the things when he did that movie, Manchester Under the Sea, it was a little controversy because there was this thought of, uh, there was several women protesters and stuff that he shouldn't have a nomination, he shouldn't be involved, that he's got a Weinstein streak to him too. To what degree? I don't know. Hasn't been adjudicated. You only see what's out there in the Google world. But uh, so you got the brother uh, of Volsta too. Um, (laughs) uh, And then another person chimes in, he also grabbed Hillary Burton's breasts on TRL once. Everyone forgot, though. And then Hillary Burton responded to that saying, I didn't forget. It took me everything. I had to laugh so I didn't cry.
2: Oh, so well, there you go.
1: You know, this has just been a weird. uh, I mean, the, the, the cool thing is, is that we're talking about it. You know, I know a lot of my women friends i we've we, we, been having conversations about this since Harvey was let out. And they said, "My god, I'm so tired of what, this is time and we're not talking about it." I said, "Whoa, whoa, hold on. That's that's the one good news." <laughs> it is good that
2: we're talking about it and that you people know? are hearing these stories because clearly that DJ Hillary Burton what you know, when she says which I didn't realize that when when you know, you had played the clip. So, I take back everything I said about it Affleck. like no, but um, I don't
1: know. I mean, again, this is No, but you if know.
2: she's she's saying that that was like she, She had to laugh because otherwise she was going to cry because that was really offensive to her. But it also shows, you know, we have to speak up and we have to let people know when they cross a line. It's not okay. And not that it's on Hillary's onus to do that. But this is this is another area where we women have to, you know,
1: yeah and and stand up, but we are fortunately, i'd like to, I'd like to think we are. This is an example of it. The, the 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 condemnation is fast and swift, and he's been removed from his company and he's hiding in Europe in a, in a tra- retreatment program. Uh, whereas you got Bill Cosby still running around denying it and trying to get out of it again and again and again. So, uh, you know, and of course, we have a president who uh, continues to be rewarded for it. So to speak, uh, he's gonna he'll definitely get his come up comeuppance. That's obviously happening uh, as we speak. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. But as, as a man, I can hear my some of my more uh, macho male friends saying, "Well, then we're just never gonna have any sexual. You know, everyone's just gonna be all afraid all the time, and we're all gonna be afraid of, of assaulting each other." And and uh, you know, and it's like, well, okay, all right, this is relax. You know, this is not. It's going to turn into some weird kind of pendulum swing. Well, where how now, often
2: are your friends out there grabbing booze? No, exactly, and right,
1: right? And, and it's I this, mean
2: that it's going to make such a, a dent in their life. Right.
1: Well, the reason I think that that reaction comes out is because um, it you start to feel like a monster. As one of the one of the male problems, and I'm not making excuse for this. But believe me, there's just no. We we made it very clear. I think this behavior is unacceptable. But um, you know, men get in their heads uh, some of this social crap from the other side. Uh, you know, it's like the, the simple version of that would be, and then we're getting a little deep here, but the simple version of that would be uh, woman, naked, awesome. Man, naked, oh, my God, that's an offense. It's gross. It should be illegal.
2: Okay. So then flip right? that around for, exactly. for your male friends. How would they like it at their job then if their male boss is tweaking their nipples? exactly, <laughs> And, you know, grabbing their penises. <laughs> They're not going to like it.
1: Yeah, and it's also like you say, it's the intent. It's not just that they're these Harvey Weinstein's were grabbing their things because it was like, oh, let's just grab a thing. It's because they want they want to take that further and they well, want to do horrible This is about subjugation, things. power,
2: ownership, right?
1: Ownership. Th- it was, yeah, a you thousand know, some odd years. Not too long
2: ago, you know, wives were considered property. Yeah, going to
1: say with that, yeah, thousands of years, women were considered property. And it isn't until the last, you know, you know however many People years. with
2: black skin were owned. Yeah. And it's like your body is, I mean, it's what you have. It's the
1: avatar you're operating and it's the one you're stuck in while you're here. So you got to have a respect to be respected.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah. Because it's, uh, I know, and it's fascinating. And I love these these discussions are happening because they're exactly discussions that we're supposed to be having right now. And uh, I think we're going to be vastly improved by it. And I think Donald Trump should be really scared because... Uh, and
2: trust me, if you get into a relationship, there'll be plenty of boob tweaking.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If that's
1: your into, find somebody who's into it. And Believe me, the two will come together. The there, law of attraction will are, bring you together. There will be many
2: consenting adults
1: who <laughs> will who will dig it. Uh, it is so true. It, it's funny because you say that, and and men obviously very preoccupied with sex, sex power, the whole thing. Right? They see it as equating. Why do you think uh, you know Harvey Weinstein, who's his wife by the way, has left him? Uh, his wife of 10 years who is by the way she's 41 he's 64 no judgment but there you go and so
2: what number wife?
1: uh, I don't know what number wife that is Uh, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) no judgment just curiosity just curiosity Uh,
1: but if that doesn't show you part of the society why is Donald Trump married to Melania? no disrespect to Melania I'm sure she's a wonderful lady but um, you know if she was marrying for personality I'm surprised uh, I'm pretty sure she married for power and money. I'm sorry. That may be uh, harsh. I don't know. I'd love to hear from her and say that no, no, I absolutely love his personality. He's the best, most decent guy ever. <laughs> I would dig him no matter how ugly he was you know, or whatever or how bo- broke he was, how poor he was. If you could see the look from Erica right now <laughs> and the possibility of that being true.
2: Oh, my God, Please. And so, and then, so
1: what's the male side of that? Men have this idea that they that their worth, sick idea again, twisted part of the whole disease. And Harvey Weinstein had it bad. The part of their worth is the what the youth and beauty of the women they're associated with, the grandeur of the women they're associated with.
2: What I will say, you know, clearly about his wife leaving him. I mean, she has self respect and she's yeah. one that's like, you know what, this lifestyle is not worth this insanity. And it, she, I'm out, unlike all of his lawyers and PR people who couldn't do what this young forty one year old woman. Lisa Bloom just did. left.
1: Yeah. Lisa Boom, Bloom left. Like uh, recently? Yeah, just okay. did. Yeah. yeah, but I know. We're Where about were they? Decades. I know. I know. I don't know how you do that every day. I think it's incremental. It's the old thing where, you know, if you stay in your prison long enough, they can open the door and you don't leave. Uh, it's, right. try, You know what I mean? It's like you, you just kind of it started out and Harvey was a little icky and then he just right. kept going and going and going. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you go, oh, my God, what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. What have I done? It's a
2: slow seduction.
1: But I think you're going to be more scattering every minute. I mean, maybe there's still some of the original turds that are hanging on to him. They're going to keep defending him. I don't know what his original team is. I think there's is. so
2: when something like this comes to light, there's so many wonderful opportunities in in so many countless areas for you know uh, women empowerment to um, people standing up for what's right and looking at future yeah. jobs and positions in a you know in a different light that you know, maybe they won't take the next one. Yeah,
1: I think that's how the learning occurs, right? So my unsolicited advice, uh, first for men, I know I'm a big testosterone bearer. I'm the first to admit I like my sexual desire, etc. And that sounds gross to say, but I... But. I want it, and the reason that's what I'm just saying. It shouldn't sound gross. No, it doesn't
2: sound. I mean, everyone has sexual desires, and in and different things turn on different people, and people have different sexual fantasies, and none of that is inherently bad or wrong.
1: And so, my advice to you is to take what she just said, and you know. Remember, try to tell yourself if you're starting to go off the the track. Yeah, (laughs) that (laughs) too. Try to tell yourself, not the potted plant, uh, especially not the basil. Uh, Try to tell yourself that uh, you can have and experience the sexual, in particular, desires that you seek, and it can be done with consent and joy with both participants. Because what happens, I think, with men is they, they, they start to think of their thing as what they desire was more and more shameful, more and more ugly. Mm-hmm. And it just gets incremental and worse and worse, and they hide it more and deceive more mm-hmm. and trick more, convincing themselves more and more that I have this huge desire that society will destroy me for, and I have to juxtapose the two. And you don't. You can take the shame out, replace it with uh, you know mutual benefit for the participants involved, mm-hmm. and, and it, there's a way, there is a path to receiving what you are looking for. And by the same token, I give an unsolicited advice to women and I'm the wrong person to say because I got the wrong plumbing. And that is try not to look, once you've been burned or you've seen the nastiness of men, try not to make that a dominant lens. Also believe that there are good men out there because if you keep thinking they're going to suck, then you're going to be brought to more sucky men, Mm -hmm. right? And so you want to open yourself to the idea that no, no, there are good guys out there who are going to do it because, uh, you know, they love me and I love them and da-da-da. So anyway, okay, when we come back, I got to just get thicker. Let's get into uh, the NFL and protest. And you will understand on Jeff's World.
6: And yet, despite Trump's whining about the media coverage, the humanitarian crisis in Puerto Rico remains very real. Millions of American citizens in Puerto Rico are still without water and power. So what were the leaders of our government up to this weekend? Another NFL
4: Sunday featuring a political protest, not just by players. The Veep left today's game between the Colts and 49ers early. This after some players took a knee during the national anthem.
5: I left today's Colts game because the president and I will not dignify any event that disrespects our soldiers, our flag, or our national anthem.
6: Players aren't protesting the flag or the soldiers or the anthem, they're protesting police brutality and racial injustice. Yes. Anyone. Yes. anyone Thank you. Bring who it back. the protest or disrespecting soldiers or the flag or the anthem is, uh, uh, I wish there was a word for it.
0: One of the greatest of all terms I've, I've come up with is fake. fake. Oh
6: yeah. That is a good word. Yeah now pence claims he was genuinely offended and decided to leave when he saw the players kneeling but very quickly it became clear that this was all a transparent political stunt orchestrated by trump and pence for one thing it was revealed that the reporters traveling with pence who would normally have gone into the stadium with him were told to stay in the van because there may be an early departure from the game and then there's the fact that right after pence tweeted that he left the game trump who can't stand anyone else getting attention Jumped into the fray with his own tweet I asked VP Pence to leave stadium If any players kneel disrespecting our country I am proud of him and second lady Karen So Trump, who's supposed to be a media mastermind Immediately went on Twitter To publicly admit that he and Pence Had orchestrated a political stunt at taxpayer expense He's like a magician who finishes a trick And then goes I had an extra card up my sleeve That's how I did it That was how I was here the whole time It didn't matter. Your card didn't matter. It was here. (laughs) So it turned out that basically everything about Pence's stunt was fake. For example, on Sunday, Pence tweeted a photo of himself and his wife in Colts gear with the caption, Looking forward to cheering for our Colts and honoring the great career of number 18, Peyton Manning, at Lucas Oil Stadium today. Go Colts. Which would have been convincing except for the fact that Pence tweeted the exact same photo in 2014 (laughs) when he was the governor of Indiana. They are so bad at faking this. So
1: bad. <laughs> I'm Jeff Stein. That's Erica Ferriston. This is Jeff's World. So bad. It's it's on it's, so
2: many, many. levels. <laughs> you know, all of the. You know, when people are like, you know, in, impeach Trump, impeach Trump, and I'd say, okay, well, that would leave us with President Pence. Yeah. And they would be like, well, at least he knows how to be presidential. No. This is not presidential.
1: No. No, he th- should
2: be in Puerto Rico. Yeah, th- helping yeah. people who are dying 3 weeks later from yeah. because of the results of these hurricanes. This is not presidential and so not only is he not presidential, he's stupid. <laughs> Please tell. <laughs> I'm, what? How, would you, you use a three-year-old know, photo that you put I out know, there publicly?
1: I know. Well, he doesn't go to Colts games because yes, he's Yes, we
2: all know that. Right?
1: And, and by the way, when this happened, for those who I don't— I probably
2: know more about football than he does, and that's pathetic. You do!
1: You do! Here's why I know you do. Do you know who Peyton Manning is? You heard that name, mm-hmm. okay? Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Whatever, certainly, you know he's all over television. You can't miss yeah. him anyway, right? So, the reason, quote unquote, one of the reasons why they, the the fake reason why Mike Pence was there was because they were unveiling a statue. I go to Indianapolis every year for a convention, and I see the obsession. Not that you don't already know what it is; that people already can already observe it, but the, uh, the obsession of the cults with Peyton Manning. Right. They were unveiling a statue. They did unveil a statue during this day. And so when he did this nationally, we're going to talk about what the national reaction was. But in Indiana, they lost their SHIT on Mike Pence. Now, first of all, he was a very unpopular governor when he left. He had an approval rating almost as bad as, as Donald Trump's, which is, by the way, disapproval, 67% disapproval, 32% Whoa. approval. That is phenomenally bad. Do you think bad. that's
2: because he tried to pass a law that forced women to hold funerals <laughs> yeah,
3: for miscarriages?
1: Like but mostly he was just dumb. You called it. He was stupid. They talk. People from Indiana talk about his press conferences didn't make any sense. He said contradictory things in the same sentence. Hello, we've seen this before for. Right. Replacing Mike uh, Donald Trump with Mike Pence is like replacing Harvey Weinstein with Casey Affleck. Right. I mean, you're, you're not really improving much. And that's a condemnation of Casey. But there you go. Uh, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's dead on. But so Mike Pence. So in Indiana, they were so mad at him for not only being Mike Pence and being stupid again and again and again, but because they he crapped on Peyton Manning. He took all the headlines away from their favored son hero, who was there to receive the statue. This is a big deal Whew. for those folks, and he. Lordy. And so all the pages were covered with his story about his fake NFL stunt. So even if you support standing, kneeling, whatever you, you should be able to recognize at least that Mike Pence is uh, beyond dumb. Two hundred eight thousand dollars, by the way. To fly him out there. Why did it cost so much? Because he was in California for a fundraiser, the day and a half, and then the next day he was going to be in a fundraiser in Nevada. But he took the entire, obviously, the whole Air Force Two, he took it all the way to Indianapolis so he could leave a football game and then come all the way back to the West Coast to, to, to go Gee, to the next fundraiser. What could we have
2: done with a quarter of a million dollars? Yes.
1: How many people in Puerto Rico could that have helped, right? and they just don't get it. And not only did it, it didn't even work. It's actually making things worse for them. Where are the polls? This is fascinating. They started polling. What do people think on it? Now, a majority of Americans think you should stand for the anthem. It's like 55% of people think that these the athletes should stand for the anthem. But 62% also said that the athletes have the First Amendment rights to express their grievances.
2: It's anti-American to deny people their First Amendment rights. So that makes Trump and Pence anti-American. Yeah.
1: Which pivots us to the other part, which the argument that I get uh, when I go to to talk to my, I have some very conservative, very thoughtful conservative friends who really couldn't get past. I don't want to say couldn't get past, but what bothered them primarily was just the national anthem. Again, we talked about it in the last show. It means so much to these folks, and it means a lot to me. I get teary-eyed too. But I also, if I see someone kneeling, especially someone kneeling with their heart on their their hand on their heart, or they're you know kneeling with the you know with their friends, I don't look at that. As like they're saying FU America or FU you troops. You know, obviously this is where they go way off the ranch with that. Way off. Way off the ranch. And so you gotta relax. What
2: what does America stand for? The land of freedom. What is freedom? But you're right to choose whether to stand, stand, sit, kneel, pray, not pray. And by the way, kneeling is a symbol of reverence. Yes.
1: Yes. The Pope kneels, the whatever kneels, right? So and, and so when we come back, I want to I talk about this, too, because we got a little clip. I have a little clip from Fox and Friends where Joe Namath went on, a very big Hollywood Joe, a big quarterback from back in the day of the 70s. And they had a moment, which is kind of a uh, white people talking about black people moment. It's a little uncomfortable, but I think you should hear it. And we'll continue with that. And a cheerleader, a college cheerleaders did a kneeling, and that had some amazing uh, circumstances down in South Texas.
2: Oh, I'll honey. play a little
1: clip of that. Yo, welcome to America. This is where we get it all done. This is here, and this is Jeff's World. This is Jeff's World. Thanks for listening. This is uh, where we look at our little experiment called America and try to leave her better than we found her. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Ferriston. Thanks, Juan Velasquez, for putting the show together. We're talking about the NFL thing. Uh, another big story that occurred in addition to Mike Pence making a fool of himself and wasting taxpayer dollars to do it. the uh, And again, like I say, it's not going the direction they want. Uh, obviously, the folks, their base who says, worship the flag or die. And that's an extreme. I'm sorry, that's a little judgy. But uh, that base, uh, yeah, they're getting thicker. They're getting stronger. They're, they're they're more settled into their bunkers. But the rest of people are having more and more sympathy every day with the folks that have a grievance with the justice system. And they have a reasonable grievance. And that seems to be pretty obvious.
2: And that's what this is about. So Trump has diverted the issue from racial justice to the flag, or the anthem. This hasn't this is not about the flag. This is not about the anthem. This is about systematic oppression of Americans with dark pigmentation. And that's what this is about.
1: Yep. Yeah. And Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, for those who don't know, put out a statement because they're having a meeting of all the owners in the NFL. And one of the things, and I guess the Players Association And they are going to discuss this. And in his statement, this is the part of the statement, he said, quote, Like many of our fans, we believe that everyone should stand for the national anthem. It is an important moment in our game, by the way, it's only since 2005, right? We no,
2: 2009. Nine.
1: 2009, that's right, I couldn't remember, thank you. Oh, since 2009, which was, again, paid for by the Armed Services as a promotional uh, exercise in order to increase patriotism and to increase uh, knowledge of the armed forces as a career. So, which I'm not against those so things. So they politicized
2: football in 2009,
1: so to speak if you i would can say they they americanized and patriotized but it now but then to try to if you're going to do that and then deny someone the right to say okay we're patriotizing it so i'm going to input my part of american dialogue into it in the, in the form of kneeling uh, that obviously is the is the hypocrisy so if you're going to if you're going to put in a new institution that that demonstrates our patriotism then allow people to demonstrate well, it the way it they choose right well it wasn't
2: instituted to demonstrate patriotism no. it was instituted to get more young people to sign up for the armed services. It, it was a PR tactic to get more recruits that into the in more... armed services, of which they paid the NFL tens of millions of dollars.
1: I also think it's a good thing, but I know what you're saying. Uh, in the sense, that I don't think it's a bad thing to uh, have a national anthem. But now, of course, this is what you get, though. You have to accept that this is the controversy you get. So he said, like our fans, we believe that everyone should stand for the national anthem is an important moment in our game. We want to honor our flag and our country and our fans expect that of us, which is interesting. We also care deeply about our players and respect their opinions and concerns about critical social issues. The controversy over the anthem is a barrier to having honest conversations and making real progress on the underlying issues. We need to move past this controversy, and we want to do that together with our players. Okay, I'm going to pick it apart a little bit. First of all, biggest mistake Roger Goodell made is he called it a concern about critical social issues. You couldn't even name it. In his entire statement... You couldn't say what it was. It's not just they weren't. Some weren't uh, kneeling because of LGBT rights. They weren't kneeling because of animal rights. Okay, it was kneeling because of Colin Kaepernick and this one. And then they started kneeling because the president said you can't kneel. So, and he's right about that. The controversy of the anthem can be a barrier to having those conversations. But this smells. If you're a black folk person, nobody.
2: These people weren't having these conversations until the kneeling began. Yes. Yes, thank you. Which is you. the point Which of is the a point. peaceful protest.
1: Right. A peaceful, nonviolent, respectful protest. And now, of course, obviously, we have a different side than others, but you've got to be able to hear the other perspective. If you're a black person who has been shot or been seen, you've seen people like you shot for no reason and no justice, when you say this is a barrier to having honest conversations and making real progress, the controversy of the anthem, you need to stop doing it with the anthem, That is, that smells of 150 years of... Of racial crap in this country of like, you know, remember the Martin Luther King used to always say, wait, wait, be patient. There'll be time. And it's like, they'll never come. They always say this is not the right place. This is not the right place. They constantly told the civil rights people of the 60s. Not now. Not now. Not this context. Not here. Not there. You can go ahead and protest in your little corner, in your little area where nobody sees you. And so here it sounds like that again. And he didn't even Acknowledge the thing. So what did Donald Trump do? He took this and said, and flipped it into the full version, fully to the end, and said, Roger Goodell is going to make players stand. And he's, he's demanded that they stand. He didn't demand that they stand, but it shows how even Roger Goodell, who took a medium, squishy, favoring the owner's statement... It still was taken by Donald Trump and the white nationalists as a way to make it even more exaggerated and say, no, he demanded they stand. And see, we won. We're right. Demand. You stand. You stand. Period. And it ain't going to work, y'all. <laughs> you know, you have to listen. It's the same as with Harvey Weinstein. I mean, you anything. This is
2: absurd. We just saw in St. Louis where a police officer said on tape, I'm going to go kill that mother effer. Yeah. And then shot and killed an unarmed black man and then planted a gun and then
1: made a story and it was good for him. Was everybody.
2: not was was not held accountable. Yeah. So This is exactly why Colin Kaepernick started kneeling. Yeah. Because of these syst- the systematic racism that is ending in death in imprisonment of our fellow Americans.
1: Yeah, this isn't just Donald Trump denying housing to black people. This is literally dying, you know, and that's bad too. But this has gotten got to the point where it was literally life and death. So you, you blame somebody for kneeling? Um, and I get, okay, so the other part of it that comes out of it, and this we're pivoting to, the other complaint I get from the folks who are upset by the kneelers is that this is a job. And you are required to follow, like Jamal Hill, uh, the, the ESPN reporter who spoke out against Donald Trump, has been, you know, suspended, let go because she didn't follow the policies of ESPN, which is you don't tread into these different political areas. And so their argument, which I think is an argument just because they don't like the protest, but that's my little judgy side. Uh, but their argument is that because it's a workplace, the employer can dictate whether or not you can protest while you are working.
2: So, so if they worked for an employer that said, um, you have to read the Quran every day. Thank you. There's, their argument stands.
1: Well, they would say that Then I just wouldn't. And then their argument would be, well, then you just don't take that job. Don't take a job where you're forced to say the no, Quran. See, but you would have there's to. There's something Quran.
2: called the First Amendment.
1: Yeah. This is where it gets squishy, that, but you're right.
2: That allows people to. Kneel if they want to kneel or not say the anthem.
1: Yeah, one of my friends, though, I was having this nice discussion with. You know, he he had a a job. He was it wasn't like he was in the NFL. And I said, you had employees. You expected them to do what you wanted them to do, but you're also your employees aren't on television, and that does change the dynamic dramatically. You are they're not figured. Your employees came in and worked, and of course they're not going to do a protest out in front of your own you know building. uh, But you wouldn't allow that. But they're also not. How did we ever get non-TV? unions?
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah, right? I so, mean, employees protested. Right. How did we get the eight hour workday? Employees protested.
1: It's called America. That's the, right. America. That's the
2: difference between America and China. Yeah, because then you Russia. just do what you're
1: told, period. Always. Yeah. And this is, again, if you talk about slippery slope, if you want to just keep giving employers absolute power over our ability to exercise our rights to dem- to, to have grievances, then that's going to be a problem. Now, how you have the grievances, that definitely is where we're going to argue it. And so I th- bring in
2: the thought police.
1: Exactly. So, Joe Namath, again, Hollywood Joe, famous quarterback. Y'all remember him if you know football on Fox and Friends. This is one of actually the more constructive uh, experiences. You'll find it fascinating, but it is also a bunch of white people talking about blacks. <laughs> so, here we go. This is fun. <laughs> or, or, or it's going to make you disturb. I'm not sure. What. I
4: think there's been uh, somewhat of a uh, uh, disappointment with a lot of folks on how our country has been looked at, how our flag has been treated went with respect. But going back to what Colin Kaepernick initially did, it was to point out some injustice that's being done. To the black race, or to people uh, that obviously, when you look, and I say obviously, some of these dash cams and shootings that were done to unarmed people and all, he was reaching out to try and get it more investigated. So that's where the oppression thing comes in. So he's sympathetic, but <sighs> I don't understand the NFL owners. I mean, here we're working if somebody walks across here with a sign right now protesting. Excuse me, you're gonna let them do that? Nope. No. Well, initially, when this took place, that's the NFL ownership. They own that theater at the time. They own that stage. Are you going to allow protests out there? They don't allow players to wear different signs on their shoes. They don't have to stand for that. You know what? Uh, That's because they've been told to. Mm -hmm. But no one told Colin Kaepernick prior to that that they had to. We just assumed it was the right thing to do. It's always been the right thing to do, to live in this country. Thank the good Lord and that is essentially what uh, president trump was uh, channeling
0: a couple of weeks ago when he talked when he was out uh, at that rally and was talking about you know if these guys don't stand uh, jerry jones said over the weekend that if you're going to play for the
4: dallas cowboys you've got to stand or you're not going to play you know even taking the knee eric reed the player with the 49ers says you know a sign of respect Taking the knee. When you meet the Pope, you meet the Queen, or somebody, you know, it's out of submission to an extent, out of respect. That's how they started taking the knee. It wasn't, it was done out of some respect for the flag, but you know what? We need more respect for the flag. Yeah. That, that's,
0: would you participate? And what if they
2: did it during the national anthem? What would I'm the not actually?
4: there. I'm not there, but I, I've never walked in a black man's shoes either. Yeah. And I don't know. Over the years, man, when you look around, it, hey, some of the things you see that have been done are they fair life's not fair children are born with handicaps life's not fair but if we can get some things straightened out we need to work on it it's a national dialogue now more on the flag right on I our national at patriotism but the oppression or the unjust treatment of others has fallen in the background here. We haven't heard that part. So
0: you disagree with Mike Ditka because he said there hasn't been oppression in the last 100 years.
4: Ugh. Well, look up the meaning of oppression. Look up the definition of oppression and you understand that it's obviously taken place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh huh, right. So what would. To, go ahead.
2: Well, this whole thing about um, owners have absolute power and authority over employees like some dictator of, you know, a communist country for all of these these sports fans and and, or players that, you know, regardless of their color, um, Kurt Flood made a protest against um, owners owning players um when they tried to sell him. He was a baseball player. And it is because of Kurt Flood that players have what's called free, free agency today. And he was kicked out of baseball. Yep. But you know what? He he that was he stood up. He protested against this. Yep. yep. And all of these, you know, sports players, white included, have free agency because of Kurt Flood. So this whole thing of one cannot ever speak out, question or protest a a boss or an employer or an owner. I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein. There were so many employees that could could not speak out. Yeah. Or, you know, these probably these very same friends of yours that are, you know, trying to Tote this line of the boss is the God and the king who shall not be questioned probably are all over Harvey Weinstein when it's like there are plenty of employees that, you know, it would have been great had they protested against Harvey Weinstein, had they picketed movies or whatever in protest of his treatment of women. And I hope there's there's more people, more protests out there when when injustices are happening. Yeah. And you know what? For the owners, they can do the right thing and and join these people that are taking a stand.
1: And it's interesting because you remember we talked about this last week. Jerry Jones kneeled and then stood up for the anthem to try to, you know, acknowledge both sides, so to speak. But then we find out, obviously, that he's, uh, you know, again, I hear my argument from my concerns. He's not a man of
2: great courage is basically what he's showing us. And you make a great point. When it gets too hot. You know, he can't take it.
1: Yeah, the free agency is a great point because that freedom would not have existed if somebody hadn't basically said, I'm willing to lose my job in order to fight for something that uh, to not be owned by owners anymore. And And, Colin Kaepernick
2: has lost his His, job. You know, so that others
1: may have their rights.
2: And he's being denied his constitutional right to have a job tryout because of his political beliefs. He's. Being denied an opportunity to try out for a job. Yeah, yeah. But he's going to be, you know, he stands with, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson, and, and that, Ashe, and,
1: yeah. uh, and and yes, and and so when we come back, uh, I want to play that part, the cheerleader in KSU, called at the Southern Texas University, who the cheerleaders who kneeled, and what happened to them right when we return to Jeff's world. <laughs> This is Jeff's World, where we feelize our way to a saner future here in America. I hope you're enjoying as much as I do. You know, I love this stuff because I want people to be able to look at politics from the broad view and see that this is the rough edge of our society. Politics always is, but it's also where the biggest growth happens. You know, and you and you be mindful of yourself. Erica always teaches me. What's the what? You have a term for it? I can't remember. But the uh, uh, c- c- taking care of your own house, taking care of your own self, self care. You have a different term yes, for it, but yes. self care. Step away from it when you got to. Uh, that's why you listen to our show because we're not you know going to give you so much just revenge and blame. We try to give you a little more of of where it's going. And and let me give you one more piece of positive from that that Joe Namath segment. Here's a bunch of white folks who are a little tone deaf, you know, because they don't understand that, you know, when they say like, oh, the anthem, the anthem, uh, that shows that it has nothing to do. I mean, for the folks that are dying, it's a different subject. And that's, but at least Joe was able to say, yeah, these folks are oppressed. I don't know what it's like. Good. And, and Mm -hmm. they are, you saw how they argued with each other Mm -hmm. themselves, their own ideology. They tried it in their own little court there. And the answer, when you listen, that was, they don't have an answer. They mm-hmm. actually didn't come up, and sure, they were very comfortable with their idea that you got to stand with the flag, and the owners get to say what they want to say when it's their theater. But
2: it's like, what but, does that mean? Yeah, does stand that mean? with the flag? Well, the flag is a symbol of freedom.
1: Stand with freedom. Stand with choice. Stand with ability to dissent. Right.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah. And we dis- This
2: is our whole history. We dissented against King George the Third.
1: Yeah. So I, I was I was I was proud of the Fox News group because they even argued against Mike Ditka, which I wouldn't have normally seen on Fox News. Uh, when Mike Ditka said there has been no oppression of Black people, they <laughs> were at least able to say that's crazy.
2: That's like a, a Trump statement. That right? That's my just my God. What's happened to his brain? Like
1: when Trump? Yeah, exactly. It's. <laughs> <laughs> so th- they argue themselves and and that's good. This is happening and this is happening over on Fox News because obviously in, in the places where if you're a listener you're probably walking around in circles where it just isn't a question for you. It's like, well duh, obviously uh, racial injustice is a huge deal and and But if, I think what you know,
2: you're highlighting is outside of the choir people are questioning, they're opening, yes. they're considering, they're thinking and that's how, you know, it It change takes place. Right. We we don't know something. We see something that, you know, makes such an impression that it knocks us out of our everyday, you know, thinking and believing that says that hopefully leads us to a question like, you know, oh, what is that about? Why are they doing that? Well, what are they saying? What is their experience? That doesn't mean you agree with anything, but it's starting to ask these questions. Yeah. And then when you're in that place of, um, you know, asking questions, that's when you can start to consider. Yeah. Now, where where you end up, I mean, that's not, I mean, that who knows? Results very but, widely. <laughs> yes, the results. <laughs> but, but it begins by being so, you know, disrupted,
1: yeah, right? in, your, in your old status quo, you know. That, exactly. And
2: that's, you know, what, you know, a silent, peaceful protest is about.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, my one of my predictions I made on the previous show was that this would might bleed down to college games. And if you have a college game, well, that's different. They, you know, may kick you. I expect there to be someone kicked off. There already has been. There was a freshman quarterback. I mean, obviously, he's freshman, you know, and so it's a little bit on the squishy side. But he was as backup quarterback. He kneeled during a game in Philadelphia at a, at a college, and he was let go. So uh, dismissed from the team after kneeling during the anthem. So we now officially have one of those. And then in southern Texas... Uh, as I said, some cheerleaders. I give you the report from the local uh, Channel 11 news station in uh, in Southern Texas. These
4: pictures, they capture the moment five Kennesaw State University cheerleaders took a knee. This happened during the national anthem. Not five and cheerleaders out of ten. they are the focus of, of a lot of criticism and praise. It's one of the most talked about stories on social media this week. And today they spoke for the first time and told our John Shirik they believed they had no choice. John?
6: They told me how nervous they were, how they prayed together beforehand, knowing how they would be vilified. And they are the targets now of social media condemnation Mm. and praise. Three of the five Kennesaw State University cheerleaders who kneeled during the national anthem just before the football game a week ago Saturday spoke with me today at length. This demonstration was not a whim. They said they've been thinking about it for weeks, talked it over with their parents. Third-year political science major Shalandra Young says the ongoing issues of police brutality, racial tensions, all of that are problems that America can fix. And she says kneeling was their way to demonstrate their belief in the promise of the flag and the promise of the nation they love.
1: So I feel as though it was nothing that was meant to disrespect America, which is a reason why when we took the knee, we still made it a point to have our hands on our heart, but we just wanted to take the knee in the name
2: of equality. That in a way is a love for this country because we are using our freedom.
1: (laughs) Out of the mouths of the next generation.
2: Well, it was so, that whole report was so beautifully phrased. I, I gotta tell you, I... See, this is the America that makes me tear up Yeah. because this is, um, this is America in action, not platitudes, not pins made in China. Yeah. Um, you know, this, it's that, a
1: courageous act.
2: Boy, those girls are, I, I don't know if I have that c- kind of courage at my I age, don't. but I certainly <laughs> didn't at their young age. Nope. And, and listen to what they said they were huddled together in prayer yes
1: they talked to their parents they thought it through they knew what was gonna happen they prayed they
2: took god with them out on the field that's right and kneeled
1: and they took that leap of faith
2: well i i were suspended for
1: a game by the way that was the uh, the penalty. Somebody, they had to do something I'm to them. I'm so
2: inspired by their courage and I am so touched by their patriotism that it inspires me. I will I will be more patriotic and, and work harder to help our country be better and brighter than before. Yeah.
1: And and for the record, you can't see the video, but it was about ten or so tier- cheerleaders. Uh, three or four or five of them kneeled. They were black, and but some of the black there were some black cheerleader girls that stood. And one of it was really an amazing moment. One of course they did. They had their hands in their hearts. They're kneeled with one leg down, very respectful. And then one of the other black cheerleader girls, she actually put she walked over and put her hand on the shoulder of one of the kneelers. And a couple of them did that so that they could even though they were standing to demonstrate their support. Uh, for the courageousness of that act, and for those of you who think, well, that's disrespectful. That just sucks. Get them out of there. They're gone. That's ask yourself those questions that Erica was mentioning before the break. Is that ask yourself really is is, is that feel good to just want to run these people out? Isn't there a place in your heart for you to see that they are children of God as well, and that they are seeking their better life, their life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness? And uh, even if you think what their their effort or their method is misguided. Uh, Can you see in their heart that that, the intent, at least see that they're trying to be the full humans that they want to be? I was watching this fascinating thing and I highly recommend it. Uh, I'll put it on the Facebook page. John Oliver does great stuff on Last Week Tonight and he did one on segregation and how much segregation still exists to this day. And by the way, the biggest states for segregation are New York and New Jersey. Mm. Um, And it's self-segregated. It's not deliberate. It's just just part of the, you know, it is somewhat deliberate, I suppose.
2: Well, Trump's, (laughs) Trump's father was sued for not allowing people of color to uh, rent from his apartment buildings.
1: Yeah, he was busted for it. And so and there was this girl, a high school girl was talking about the segregation and she says, you know, she points out one of the most biggest problems. She says, "My problem is, is that white people think they're better than we are and we black people think they're better than we are too. Mm. And she was smart enough to see how these things become so accepted, you just don't even think about it anymore. And and now, <laughs> now we're thinking about them. Mm-hmm. This is how it changes, y'all. Um, this is powerful stuff. And when you can get and she's a poli sci the, major so Integrity
2: watch her. disrupt.
1: Integrity disrupt. And she's gonna she's gonna get her poli sci degree and she's gonna run for office and she's gonna change southern Texas. You watch Texas, everything is changing. And which pivots us to our next topic, which is the uh, Republican Civil War, which is just ramped up in some different directions. Uh, we're gonna when we come back here in a second. Uh, we're gonna talk about Bob Corker from Tennessee and what he did, and that the what conservative groups have band together with their billionaire funders and what they are planning to do in 2018 and who they are planning to do it to. It is going to get much uglier before it gets prettier. And uh, of course it's happening on the Democratic side too. We can talk about that. But uh, this is where the rubber is really hitting the road. So we'll get all that when we come back to Jeff's World.
0: Uh, Senator Corker uncorked this about how badly Trump needs his advisors.
4: I think uh, Secretary Tillerson, Secretary Mattis and uh, Chief of Staff Kelly uh, are those people that help separate our country from chaos.
0: And I'm pretty sure, pretty sure chaos is Trump's nickname for his iPhone. <laughs> and that's, in response, in response, Donald Trump tweeted: Senator Bob Corker begged me to endorse him for reelection in Tennessee. I said no, and he dropped out, said he could not win without. Dot, 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 <laughs> dot, dot, my endorsement. He also wanted to be secretary of state. I said, no, thanks. He is largely responsible for the horrendous Iran deal. Also, and this is unforgivable. Last year, he worked very hard to get me elected. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> now,
6: wow.
0: here's the thing. Everything.
6: <laughs> Everything Trump
0: just said is a lie. Corker's not responsible for the Iran deal. He led the congressional opposition and voted against it. Plus, Corker's chief of staff says the president called Senator Corker on Monday afternoon and asked him to reconsider his decision not to seek re-election and reaffirmed that he would have endorsed him. (laughs) Yes, Corker turned down the coveted Trump endorsement. Something. Ah, The precious endorsement. endorsement. An endorsement that's usually reserved for mail-order steaks and good Nazis. (laughs) Good people on both (laughs) sides. But... Hey, 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 I'm just quoting the man, but Corker is only a year away from retirement and he's getting too old for this. (laughs) So he tweeted, it's a shame the White House has become an adult daycare center. Someone obviously missed their shift this morning. Yes, missed their shift. The president probably missed his story time and didn't get to hear his favorite book, Goldilocks and the Three Wives.
1: (laughs) Uh, Stephen Colbert, I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Ferris. And this is Jeff's World. And uh, so, Bob Corker, and to get a little- It's
2: funny. He's, he's funny.
1: He made <laughs> some knew? good slams. I'm telling um, you,
2: some people, when they reach a certain age, they're like, you know what? <laughs> I ain't got a lot of time left.
1: Yeah, it's the- Stop
2: the BS. Yeah,
1: it's a lethal weapon line. I'm too old for this. And mm-hmm. so, so just so you know, a little background, because all politics are local. In the same way that when Mike Pence, you know, fumbled the NFL stunt- and it was covered in Indiana. If you read what's going on in Tennessee where Bob Corker is, they talk about what kind of made him turn and what really is going on in his head. He is genuinely scared. He is on the Foreign Relations Committee, by the way, which means he's watching, he's he's been working with Tillerson, he's been working with what there is at the State Department because they haven't staffed any ambassadors to try to keep us from World War III with North Korea, which is why he sounded that alarm and said this is like no, this he's leading us into World War 3. And he said, I doesn't have the stability to be president.
2: Article 25, i um, babe.
1: It's getting close because, as you know, there's the suicide pact supposedly with Mattis, uh, Kelly and Tillerson, who all say that if he tries to fire any of us, we'll all uh, do something. We'll all stand unified, whatever that means exactly. And it's all conjecture. But what apparently really turned Corker, because Corker, because uh, I went through and I found the clips of him endorsing Donald Trump back during when he was the nominee. They said, oh, he's a nicer guy than you think, you know, and all this stuff. What turned him with Charlottesville, as it turned out. That display of Nazis are all evil, it's prescient that uh, Colbert pointed that out, because that made Corker finally go, what? Nazis are good people? White supremacists who want the death of Jews and black people are good people? Are good, you know, well-intended? And so that is this is the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. How long will it be the end? Oh, it'll be long and slow. It's a very long, slow collapse. Yeah, I can't lie to you It's there. like
2: alcoholism.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> uh, right? Like,
2: if we could just get him doing some blow, it would just right? be a much faster <laughs> end. <laughs> so That true. bottom would just come a lot quicker.
1: Yeah. And here's why it's going to go faster. In addition to things like Bob Corker coming out and saying, nope, not done, mm-mm, um, they will not be able to get anything through. This is their first biggest problem. They can't get any tax cut through. They're not going to have any luck with any of that because they don't have enough people to get behind it. And meanwhile, where the Civil War has gone now is Steve Bannon is now leading uh, billionaires like Robert Mercer. Look it up, Robert Mercer. You can see how he funded, he makes... Bright Bart exists. Mm-hmm. He funded Bannon. He funded Ted Cruz. He, he funded funds Trump. Milo Yiannopoulos. He gave many millions to Donald Trump. Ten million to Bannon. Ten million to Cruz. More than that. He is one of the. There's like four billionaires who are funding almost everything that they're doing. And these guys. I mean, to give you an idea, Robert Mercer is a guy who's been on the record saying things like black people were better off before the civil rights movement. Uh, he funds the alt right. Uh, he's a guy that really is is he's a white nationalist, effectively. I don't know. I don't look at his heart, but that's what his words and deeds seem to be saying. He and Steve Bannon, they have said out loud, Steve Bannon said he's going to get rid of every Republican senator except Ted Cruz. And they're going to reprimary them all and use the billions that would have normally been spent to protect that Republican majority. And they're going to use it to get new candidates, including in Tennessee, where Bob Corker is. They've already got two different candidates who are willing, who are vehemently racist. That's kind of hard to say, but that's not really that far off. They have made statements like this that people are better off before, black people are better off before the civil rights movement, and that women need to uh, not get paid as much as men because they don't deserve to because they're not as good as men. Uh, these are the kind of folks that they're they're bankrolling to run in Tennessee, and another one, of course, is Alabama, right? You got this uh, Roy Moore who's coming up. Meanwhile, Judge Roy Moore is in trouble. He just, uh, the Washington Post just released this morning, he was getting $180,000 a year for part-time work at his charity, his Christian charity, which he told everyone he didn't collect a penny of salary for he's made mm. over a million dollars mm. that mm. he's taken for himself from good-hearted Christians who gave money to Roy Moore to perpetuate the Christians remember this is the 10 commandments judge who got disbarred because mm-hmm. he wouldn't remove the 10 commandments
2: and $180,000 for a, year, a part-time job. Yeah, in Alabama. And he lied.
1: And he lied about it and said I collected nothing.
2: That that's like the the charity organization that Trump had. Yeah. When, you know, all that, these people think the money is going to the charity, but it's going right in their pockets. Right.
1: Yeah, Trump Foundation still hasn't given any money to the charities that he said he was going to give to. No,
2: it's all in his pockets.
1: It's just he keeps it. Uh, he w- If you had any other Congress, he would have been convicted already of the emoluments, of the emoluments clause and t- making money off it. So anyway... Uh, and now conservative groups like Bob Mercer and all these other folks, uh, like uh, the Senate Conservatives Fund. You mean Fund, racist groups. The,
2: uh, <laughs> well, it's, uh, call it what it is. Well,
1: they uh, are now, like For America, one of these groups, they have said that they are like, here's an example, Ken Cuccinelli, the Cooch. Remember him from the Virginia Attorney General who uh, got, anyway, look it up, Google it. He leads now, of course, surprise, A the Senate Conservatives Fund. He's going to be part of this effort. And again, when I'm looking at this most of the big money people are all getting on the side of getting rid of every currently sitting Republican. That's unprecedented. They said, this is the quote from Ken Cuccinelli, we call on all five members of the Republican Senate leadership to step down or for their caucus to remove them as soon as possible. way, Because they
2: want more Trumps in there. Yes. Well, you know, I know this is going to seem like a tangent, but no, I be. think it's something like, sixteen um like families in America own more wealth than fifty percent of all of right. uh, the wealth of fifty percent of all Americans combined. Right. And so this is one of those sixteen families right. or two of those sixteen families mm-hmm. and they want to whatever increase their <laughs> massive wealth because it's not I mean, the multi-billions that they have, I guess just is not filling their spiritual hole. Yeah. And they want to advance their racist Yeah. white supremacist policies.
1: Well, certainly the Which white is not really going
2: to help white people, by the way.
1: No, it's it's not. <laughs> and Cuz
2: uh, cuz unless you're wealthy and white, you you don't matter to yeah. these people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Like we said in the I last episode. I mean, ever episode, heard
2: of wrong side of the tracks?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So David Bazell, the president of 4America, says, if this was a football team and you'd lost this many times, you'd start seriously considering firing the coaches. We need to fire all the coaches. So th- these groups are going after McConnell, Ryan, all of them, with the intent of replacing them with... What they think will be a a, a solution, but they really just want to blow the place up. It's a classic thing that the Republican Party, my former family's Republican Party, has been suffering through is they only know how to be a victim and they only know how to attack enemies. They don't know how to actually be for something. And now you got Steve Bannon, who is the king of being against and not for anything and he's leading it and he has got the ear of at least one potentially two or three billionaires who are pretty much the funders of almost everything republican in the last Cook few brothers, cycles. Koch brothers might family. be one of the few Koch brothers might be one of the few who don't go that direction. We'll see. Um I don't know, they're pretty fed up too that 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 McConnell and Ryan can't get anything done because they don't understand why they can't get anything done. <laughs> it's like they can't see it. They can't see that this is a completely fractured, destroyed, you know, party. So, anyway. Um
2: Well, that's depressing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is. And it's going to be a few more months. So what's the prediction, right? Where do we go from here? Um, (laughs) We watch it implode, unfortunately. And uh, you just have to find a little bit of peace in the fact that it it will come up with itself. It will catch up with itself. Because there's no way that... uh, I don't know how they could hold on to, the Republicans in particular, and that they could hold on to any kind of a control of Congress if they can't even get their own two disparate sides to agree on a course of action they're going to infight and by the way the democrats uh they've done some studies on that and although there's a lot of chatter and and erica could tell you lots of anecdotal information about the fighting from within there's actually a, a high level of unification on the steps forward I was surprised about this. I was reading some of the, obviously, the left-wing pages talking about how that fundraising is. They're getting their stuff together very well, and they're all agreeing on this and that. And they're unified against, obviously, it's easier to unify when you're against, uh, you know, Trump and the Republicans. But there's a unusually incredibly thick level of, of unification amongst the Democrats. So they seem to have their determination to learn from this. And know that, yeah, reason. Okay, we've got to learn why Hillary lost, why you know, Bernie was was such a you know important part of it, and da da da. So no,
2: Bernie's not there. to blame for Hillary's loss. No,
1: exactly. It, it but that's the point. It's I mean, first of all, the
2: DNC should stop cheating and lying, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, not that, actually uh, have a real primary where the where it's not rigged, and see who comes out on top. Yeah. probably would have been Hillary Clinton because of name recognition too bad they cheated and sullied yeah. that result
1: and by the way California's moving up the primary date it looks like so
2: you know why
1: so they can be can something be relevant yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it favors it favors the establishment.
6: Oh, well, I don't know. I've
1: because heard, heard when you
2: arguments. have uh, name recognition, you have a shorter time for an unknown candidate to either mm. make up in funding That's true, or to make up in getting people to know who they are. So um, I think it's really unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a long ways off, personally. A lot's going to happen between now and 2020, including, most likely, a flip of Congress. Uh, You know, one of the things that the the Cook political report, if you know who he is, he's been doing it forever, and he's he's like uh, a—he was doing it way before Nate Silver was. Nate Silver's the little—the rookie that came in and had some good big wins, but uh, Cook's been accurate for a lot longer than he has. And, first of all, he gives it a toss-up whether the Republicans can control the Senate— uh, which is pretty amazing because if you look at the who's up, uh, most of the people that are up for re-election in 2018 are Democrats in red states. Uh, it's pretty safe as far as election cycles go. It's a very safe Senate for the Republicans cycle. But he still puts it at 50-50, and in the House, uh, he's breaking 40 or 50 seat swing, and they only need 24 or 27. So
2: has he looked at a uh, district? at a district map and how the lines are drawn. Yeah,
1: even with the current gerrymandering, he still mm. expects it because, first of all, he's doing one of the big statistics he uses is that... You're just uh,
2: talking about the Senate right now?
1: No, I'm talking about the House, too, the House. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he says the House should be 40, 50 seats at least uh, swing towards the other direction, uh, which is not that uncommon in the first place because the party in power tends to lose anyway. But with he says with a president with a 67% disapproval, he says you usually lose 20, 30 seats when you have... A, uh, a of only a fifty or only a fifty percent approval. Well, goodness got, knows 32.
2: these these people have been so good at predicting political <laughs> elections. A good we point. should all uh, <laughs> put our money on Cook's report here.
1: So that's about does it for Jeff's World. Uh, what I am going to do, though, because I, I wanted to get to a couple things, I'm going to tag on the end of the show for the internet listeners. Uh, one, you got to hear the piece from Eminem when he ta- did a freestyle rapid BET, which you probably missed about Trump, which is unfreaking believable. And I also want you to play you uh, something from Dutch television. And it will show you what they think of America's gun problem. We will tack that on the end of here. And thank you so much. She's Erica Farrison. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for listening to Jeff's World.
0: This has been Jeff's World, the social, political, pop-cultural discussion show that looks at life through the rose-colored eyes of the almost criminally optimistic Jeff Stein. It's
5: the calm before the storm right here. Wait. How was I gonna start this off? Oh yeah, that's an awfully hot coffee pot. Should I drop it on Donald Trump? Probably not, but that's all I got till I come up with a solid Got a plan and now I got a hatchet like a damn Apache with a tomahawk. I'ma walk inside a mosque on Ramadan and say a prayer that every time talks, she gets a ma- ah, I'ma stop. But we better give Obama props, cause what we got in office now's a kamikaze that'll probably cause a nuclear holocaust. And while the drama pops and he waits for shit to quiet down, he'll just gas his plane up and fly around till the bombing stops. Intensity's heightened, tensions are rising. Trump, when it comes to giving a shit, you're stingy as I am. Except when it comes to having the balls to go against me, you hide them. Cause you don't got the nuts like an empty asylum racism's the only thing he's fantastic for because that's how he gets his rocks off and he's orange yeah sick tan that's why he wants us to disband because he cannot withstand the fact we're not afraid of trump walking on eggshells i came to stomp that's why he keeps screaming drain the swamp because he's in quicksand it's like we take a step forwards then backwards but this is his form of distraction Plus, he gets an enormous reaction when he attacks the NFL, so we focus on that, and instead of talking Puerto Rico with gun reform for Nevada, all these horrible tragedies and these border would rather cause a Twitter storm with the Packers than says he wants to lower our taxes, then who's going to pay for his extravagant trips back and forth with his fam to his golf resorts and his mansions? Same shit that he tormented Hillary for and he slandered, then does it more. From his endorsement of banning support for the Klansmen, tiki torches in hand for the soldier that's black and comes home from Iraq and is still told to go back to Africa, fork in a dagger in this racist 94-year-old grandpa who keeps ignoring our past historical deplorable factors. Now if you're a black athlete, you're a spoiled little brat for trying to use your platform or your stature to try to give those a voice who don't have one. He says you're spitting in the face of vets who fought for us, you bastards. Unless you're a POW who's tortured and battered cause to him, you're zeros, cause he don't like his war heroes captured. That's not disrespecting the military. that. This is for Colin. Ball up a fist. And keep that shit bald like Donald the bitch. He's gonna get rid of all immigrants. He's gonna build that thing up taller than this. Well, if he does build it, I hope it's rock solid with bricks. Cause like him in politics, I'm using all of his tricks. Cause I'm throwing that piece of shit against the wall till it sticks. And any fan of mine who's a supporter of his, I'm drawing in the sand a line you're either for or against. And if you can't decide who you like more in your split on who you should stand beside, I'll do it for you with this. The rest of America, stand up. We love our military and we love our country, but we hate
3: Trump. Dear fellow Europeans, a devastating humanitarian crisis is threatening a small country on the coast of North America, the United States of America. 24,000 injured, 1,000 dead, This year alone, every day, 40 U.S. citizens die because of a terrible epidemic, nonsensical rifle addiction. NRA is a constitutional disorder caused by a dysfunction of the prefrontal Second Amendment in the nonsensical cortex, causing patients to shoot people. It starts with an innocent cult, but soon patients will show signs of shotguns, sniper rifles, and M-16s even. Often, patients use silences to hide their condition. People who suffer from NRA have a big impact on their environment. Family, classmates, and random strangers struggle with fatigue, anxiety, and the feeling of getting shots in the face. NRA is highly contagious. Parents often pass it on to their children. This happens automatically or (laughs) semi-automatically. Scientists still can't explain why, but... While it's spreading like wildfire throughout the U.S., NRA seems unable to cross the ocean or the Canadian border. Nonsensical rifle addiction is hard to eradicate. People with the most severe form of NRA are often in hard-to-reach places like rural areas or Congress. Many Americans are desperate. 911, what's your emergency? I'm wounded. I need thoughts and prayers. I'll send an ambulance, sir. No, I just saw... but we Europeans can help. Programs have been initiated, like the nonsensical Rifle Addiction Anonymous, the NRAA. Hi, I'm Mike. I haven't shot anyone in six years and 41 days. But more help is needed, urgently. We cannot turn away, so donate now. Text STOP NRA to 003122222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222 <laughs> With your contribution, the Red Cross can send airplanes to drop water, blankets, facts, insights, statistics, and truth bombs. Yes, those are bullet points, because bullet points don't kill people, ignorance kills people. Let's help the American people fire congressmen instead of guns. Say nay to NRA.
1: Contributors must be over 18 years old. Your money may be used for scientific research or to bribe Republican senators.